0: What's happening? This is the Tap-In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap-In Studio. It's your boy Jerome Rogan in the building, a.k.a. Dante. We got a fire, fire show today. Man, Um, I am blessed to to have this, these two brothers in the studio with me today. Mr. D and Dwayne Hendricks, man. How y'all doing, man? What's up, now? Yeah, I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all for tapping in with me, man. Yeah. So um I w let's, let, I wanna start from here. The um uh, the organization that y'all put together is called United Streets of America. Yes. Okay. When um what is United Streets of America?
1: Uh United Streets of America is a uh a baby that I kinda thought of in, in uh maybe like the early two thousands and um when uh myself and Bridal connected in two thousand thirteen. Um, I ran it down to him based on a lot of the community work I had already did and being a cat that used to be in the streets, once I stepped away from the streets, I started to realize how important it is for brothers who have the street mentality who get trapped in the streets to understand um, why we get trapped in the streets from the outside looking in, first and foremost, and then also a way to start interacting to bring about uh, unity in the community and then it evolved from that to being a situation where we realized that it had to come a time uh, where we would control the narrative of the things that happen in our community and the things that affect us the most. Okay. You know? So when um, I met the OG uh, in 2013, we met uh, based on a relationship that I formed with his daughter and his oldest child and my oldest child got the same birthday, Mm. you know. So it was one of those situations where we realized we was kindred spirits. And um, at the time, he was in the federal uh, penitentiary system, and I was already advocating for inmates to try to help get brothers that's been falsely incarcerated out of prison and things of that nature. So it was just like... A couple conversations and everything that he said made sense to me, and everything that I was saying made sense to him. You know, so we just actually started building what we were gonna do from that point, and it was all on emails. Like, this is what we need to do, bro. This, you know, I need you to do this for me. I need you to call this person, and now we here. You know, and we moving around and we doing what we got to do to help try to save as many of the youth as we can.
0: Okay, okay. Now, Bridie, what D., uh, what made you want to link up with Dwayne?
1: Well,
2: initially when we met, it was like, I'm attracted to intellect. And I'm attracted to history. Even though I'm deeply affiliated, and especially at that stage of my life, still intellect and history. So when we initially met, we chopped it up on our coach. And then it piqued his interest on how can you be affiliated yet so in tune with coach. And then I just, my response is, you know, well, everything's a lower form of tribalism. Like Mm. take yourself, you can live on X street and there's some guys that live on C street and they jump on your childhood friend from X street. You affiliated with X street when you guys see them and jump on that cat from C street. So it's just a lower form of tribalism. So once we were able to transcend that, My attraction was we have a common goal, man. The way I've been living, it was time for a change and I don't want no other person in the inner city to go through what I went through to live how I live. I mean, I've been shot eight times, stabbed three times, hit by cars twice, jumped on numerous times, you know, shot at like more hair than you got on. (laughs) A dreadlock person. Mm -hmm. So that's what made me gravitate towards him. His intellect and the common desire the societal madness is going on in our prospective communities because regardless of where you live at it's still the same in urban areas. Right.
0: Mm, okay. What um what thing could or or what solution does United Streets have to actually I guess kind of stop the violence or either calm it down a little bit.
2: Well, everyone knows the problem But nobody's presenting solutions. Mm. Now, I'm not going to say if. When you could take a dude that's making anywhere from $500 to $2,000 a week doing whatever he does on the streets, and you could say to this dude, via grants, yet no one controlling your narrative, via donations, man, you go to school with neighborhood neighbor Nipsey platform found it, with, it, with, it, with his architectural blueprint. If I could send you to school to become a web designer, a coder, and in California you're going to start off making 100K a year as a coder. And you sign this contract though with us, United Streets of America, and if you miss two consecutive days, you boot it, bruh. But we'll pay your bills for the few months that you need to go to school as a coder. And then you get out. So... That's a solution. See, everybody knows the problem, but you're not presenting no boy on the block, taking a penitentiary chance, a cemetery chance, or doing certain things to another brother with a solution. You're just telling them what the problem is, but right. you're not giving them an opportunity to escape the problem. So right. that's the main focus and goal of one aspect of United Streets of America, Right. to give you an opportunity. Right. Mm.
1: Another another aspect of it is truthfully um, an empowering mindset right so what if GD, BD, VL, Blood, Crip what if these brothers begin to realize that you're actually the military for your community right now You shot up this community, you made however much money you made in this community, so on and so forth. We we know the things that happen. So now, as a man, when are you going to realize that it's up to you to take accountability for the economics in your community? It's up to you to protect the next generation of children in your community and the women in your community. Right? Now, if we can empower the street guy to understand that because I know when I was in the streets I saw the best of the best and the worst of the worst right I had <clears throat> this woman bring me her 10 year old child trying to sell me her daughter so she could get a fix I had women coming to me that was 7-8 months pregnant right trying to get some dope right and then I've also seen the most intelligent brothers that could talk their way out of these 80 dudes finna beat your ass right but he's intelligent enough to talk his way out of his ass with he, he finna get right. So now if we can empower that mindset to realize that you really at ground zero. Right. For the war against your people. And then empower that mindset and give them the accountability and responsibility to making sure that the cat who is. The D Rose in Chicago becomes Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And, and and if we take that responsibility to make sure that not even the athlete, but the the little kid that every time he take a test he get a hundred and he don't even try hard, right? We need to make sure that if that young boy is growing or young girl is growing up in sixties, right? Or if they growing up on O Block or wherever they growing up at that the young ones that's out there active in the streets realize that that little girl gotta go to school homie and she gotta she gotta make the maze and ain't nobody gonna touch her because we don't know what this baby right here got the ability to be yeah you know so um, for me anyway I know once he called me Hey Rue, right and that's a a name of power for the people who don't understand it. Maybe I'll come back and explain all that. But once I came into that reality, right, because Khaled Muhammad was the first person when I met him that told me I was Heru, right, resting power to the ancestor. I didn't know what it meant at the time because I was still in the life that I was in. You know what I'm saying? But once I learned what he was trying to show me at that time, I cried, man, for about two, three weeks in a row Hmm. because I realized, damn, I got the ability to be this for my people, and I was about to fuck it off over here doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that mindset that it's it's a thousand rules, it's a thousand guys that got the same intellect and everything else that bro talk about, this man a genius. You know what I mean? And now he gets the opportunity. Me and him was talking earlier today. And if he didn't grow up in Compton and America played fair, that's Bill Gates right there. The mentality Mm. that this man got, the ideas that he come up with, the way he know how to maneuver and galvanize people, that's Bill Gates right there, bro. Mm. You know? So we need we need all the, the 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 guys that's from the streets to understand that that power that we truthfully encompass, you know. So yeah. I know I'm off the soapbox. No, no, you're good. Was a lot, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, my
0: my my question is is um <clears throat> is economics the answer?
1: It's part of it
0: to 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 the inner cities.
1: It's part
2: of it. It's a it's a strong part of it because. When you look at it And I'll make this real short At 17 I was incarcerated for a murder mm-hmm. Never been to youth authority Had only been to juvenile hall twice They sent me to state prison on the air I have the black and white writer, California youth authority CYA commitment When I got to state prison They called the judge He was playing golf He said he's there, keep him So they kept me in state prison Now, let's fast forward I come home at the age of 23 check the box air with children to feed hello my name is Brian Berkeley. Uh, I'd like to do you it, you know man, sit down thank you, the whole Nina Supreme standard English, look you in your eye answer questions with yes or no have you ever been convicted of a felony yes we'll explain in an interview never call me back mm. enrolled in Southland Career Medical <coughs> College, went to three autopsies thought I wanted to get into the medical field in candor speaking to the instructor one night and told him, you know, he was talking to me about certain things and I I didn't know because I was incarcerated. And then I said, well, you know, I was incarcerated to be candid with you. You know, I'm talking standard English. I know how to speak standard English. And uh, he said, what were you incarcerated for? I said, a murder, and a robbery. Oh, you can never get a job in this field. So then my homeboy gave me four and a half ounces. So economics plays a key part. Because it wasn't my intent to go home after spending my latter part of my teenage years and the first years of my 20s incarcerated. It was my intent to go home and try to talk to youth. But when I went to my old high school, the principal told me, get the hell out of here if I go to jail. Didn't even give me a chance. When I tried to get a job, no chance. So the streets, economically speaking, paid my bills. So... That's why when you ask if economics is a key factor, most young dudes aren't given the opportunity to be economically conscious, economically sound. Right. I respect the dollar. I respect that $65 I put in my car to fill it up. In my old lifestyle, $65, <laughs> I ain't even a pair of decent shoes. <laughs> yeah. So if you can get a man to respect and then you get a sense of pride on actually getting a paycheck, I've never had a job until now. I had one, and it was to set the place up to rob it, and that's exactly what I did when I was younger. <laughs> because I used to rob banks, I used to rob jewelry stores, I used to rob credit unions. I didn't rob people. But still, it's a ripple effect right. because you traumatize people. And, and I learned that. You know, we
1: get to that. That's a catalyst, too, yeah. of my change. Yeah. Um, the empowering mindset, right? Yeah. So now, what if we empower the mindset of the guys who active in the streets to say to them, you have the ability to control the economics in your community. So, every business that's in your community, that's a thriving business, that's taking money, that's being made in your community and leaving your community, and not only that, don't even respect you when you come spend your dollar with them. You duplicate that business and drive them out of business. Mm-hmm. You let all your brothers and sisters know from your neighborhood, hey, I'm opening the corner store up here. Don't spend your money with these folk. Come spend your money with me. Mm. Right? Yeah. And now all that money stays in your community.
0: And, and you guys are teaching this through uh, United States of... Well, this, I mean, this, you, United Streets of America?
1: We actually just getting started. He okay. just he just came off the monitor. They just took the ankle bracelet <laughs> off me three okay. weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So I was so, so constricted. This mm. is the first... Podcast interview that we're doing together.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But in the same token, <clears throat> now, like I said to you earlier, it, it sounds arrogant like I'm tooting my own horn, but, and not negating what I just said on the butt, I'm able to bring heavy hitters from the West Coast, Southern California, into one room. And what's the term? Uh, clout chasing shit. I'm not into that. But, negating again, I brought T. Rogers into my living room. I brought a brother named Gangster who I say is the face of Compton, you know. I brought him on a Zoom call. I brought Melly Mel the hood postman. Shout out to Melly Mel. In my living room. And one guy said to one guy, which I'm not going to drop no names, I've been trying to interview you for X amount of years. And he called you, you come right over here. So I have (laughs) the ability to bring like-minded men, but I won't entertain you if you're from the street life and you're still engaging in the street life because it'll jeopardize anything I'm trying to do for generation now. So I have the ability to call up dudes on the West Coast and say, I need you. Not in you owe me a favor, but when I run it down to you, like, come on, homie, our son's getting killed. Right, We made it. Right. I went through the airport yesterday, man, and they sweated me because I got three bullets here Another bullet here And it all showed up And the man want to get an ignoramus with me I'm like look dude just search me man I got five bullets in me man That's what that is man So I said that to say this We survive, we survivors And it's our job It's our duty It's our obligation To equate the negativity with something positive man
1: yeah.
2: There's no successful street dudes None. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. So I want to get into your story, Bri. Um So you you from Compton, born and raised? I'm from Carver Park, Compton Crip. That's okay, where I'm
2: from. It's okay. not no ex Carver Park. It's not no former Carver Park. I'm from Carver Park, Compton Crip, East Side, 118th Street, the oldest Crip set in Compton, and the first Crip set. I'm a second generation Carver Park, Compton Crip. We gonna clear that up. All that ex crap. That them in my body here okay that's where I'm from but I'm a gang member not a gang banker. there's a vast difference okay talk
0: to me if you can um how did you get involved
2: in the in the gang activity in from- in my era we grew up in the neighborhood okay and like I said I went to the school my father went to my sons went to the school I went to. All right, but my father was in the gang. All right, but you know, when we went to school, because we lived in this geographical area, we fought the guys who lived in that geographical area. When we went to school, our older homeboys told us when y'all get to school, y'all fight the whoop de whoops, y'all from Carver Park. Because we are multi generational with our parents over there, it was cool. But we weren't a disrespectful, disruptive group, meaning your mama' will call me by my name, and she gonna call my grandmother or my grandfather or whatever and so it was dip. so I got into the gangs like that, and the majority of us from my ear, we knew each other on a first name basis with our adversaries because when you got to the seventh grade, you had to pick a side mm. it, was then,
0: it because of the junior high y'all went to or <clears throat>
2: Well, in Compton, you have 23 Compton Crib gangs and roughly 17 Pyru gangs and 11 Mexican gangs in Compton. God, damn. So, therefore, you have every junior high school, high school, elementary school is in a gang territory. hmm But it wasn't as bad, you know, and it took one to know one. And so with me as my homeboy Moose, shout out to my homeboy, my G homie Moose, said, I was a reputation chaser. I wanted everybody to know me. So I started busting that pistol before it was popular. You know, and I used to yell out my name. Little Brighton, Carver Park, black, 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 black. Straight out. Because it wasn't ratting in. And gang members respected gang members, and they would like, okay, we're going to kill your homeboy, Little Brighton, because he just shot two of our guys. I used to have a blue moped that did 30 miles an hour, and I'd hit every gang around us with two pistols and pockets full of shells on a moped that I have to go like that on. That's what I was into. I was into spray painting my name everywhere. Then the next day, put my name on my shirt and go up to all the areas where I spray painted my name and stand up like I was the toughest guy in the world. I saw the reputation in that barbaric world. So with me, I was a gangbanger's gangbanger. You couldn't be around me if you wasn't a shooter. I would squab. I didn't care about fighting get beat up most of the time and they say oh shit what you beat him up for?" you know he finna come through here and shoot shit up <laughs> but I didn't duck nothing you know so it was just a way of life man what a lot of people don't understand elsewhere in the United States it's a for lack of better words a subculture it's a way of life low riders pet bulls pigeons Oscar Fish that's cripping. Stacy Adams I got on some Stacey's right now but a different flavor <coughs> Levi's I got on some Levi's right now but I recognize my city, I'm Compton made. And I don't care what you think about it, that's where I'm from. But I don't advocate the lower form of tribalism. But the reason I say I'm from Carver Park, Compton Crip, is because if I walked up to you and you were engaged in criminal activity or gangbanging, and I said, Hey, hello, I'd like to talk to you about the era of your ways which you you're gonna look at me like, get the fuck out of here. Mm. But if I walked up to you, say, man, you know, I'm a G homie man. You know, I'm not going to lecture to you. I'm not going to tell you to denounce your neighborhood. I'm not going to tell you to quit banging, but I'm going to tell you the four to one odds. You're going to do life. You're going to do life on installment plan. You're going to get smoked, or you're going to get paralyzed, or you're going to succeed. Them some fucked up odds, homeboy. boy. You're going to listen to that. You're not going to listen to, hey, hello, I'd like to talk to you about. So yeah. this is why I say for the world, and then also I'm in mean, with a database computer in California. Once they put you in a database computer, you stand there thirty years. Mm. That's what they do. So if you're a Joe civilian and that's my wife right there, and we have a car accident, and you call her out of her name, and I'd sock you, and you hit your ground, your head on the ground, they're gonna say reputed gang member. Socks Joe citizen, and now I get what's called a gang allegation with twenty-five additional years years for something that carries two years. So why should I sit up here and say I'm an ex-gang member? That computer don't say that. <coughs> Why should I say that when this is a catalyst to me reaching a generation now? It defeats the purpose of everything I'm trying to do with my co-founder United States of America. So yeah, gang member. Yeah. Don't say it with pride. Just say the reality of it. Gang member. Yeah. But a gang member with a purpose. And I only deal with like-minded entrepreneurs and non-active gang members. That's what I am, a non-active gang member.
0: Yeah. Um... Uh, when did you first start dealing with trouble? Like when you start dealing with the police?
2: Uh, what age? <clears throat> first time I actually got incarcerated, I was 14 and a half. For what? Do you remember? Um, stabbing someone. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And then after that, for going to kill the an adversary and uh, before we can get to his house and knock on his door, LAPD swooped up on me. Then after that, shooting some dudes. Then after that, a murder. So, well, murder I got caught for. And uh, unfortunately, because I don't glorify it, man. I lost a gang of years. You know, I just uh, took the test to enlist the military service I scored the highest test two, you know, aptitude test, in the whole office with all these grown men. I just had a four-year scholarship offered to me to go to any college I wanted to by the continuation I went to, academic scholarship. And silly me, wouldn't kill somebody. And that's that.
0: Yeah, this is this is what, what what just fucks my head up because, I know a fucking a lot of smart, intelligent. Dudes that bang, like and and for me, I guess I'm trying to rationalize or understand like how do how does how does somebody with your intelligence get caught up in in the street life when when I feel like maybe maybe you don't see your opportunities out or maybe it's just a, the streets have such a strong hold on on youth that you don't even think about. What what else you can do in life? You know what I mean?
2: You become mentally paralyzed. Okay, okay. Imagine this, man. <clears throat> you sixteen years old. Turn that mic, You 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 sixteen years old, and everywhere you go, all the young sixteen year old girls know you. Mm-hmm. Imagine you sixteen years old, and I don't like using the word ghetto, but you become a ghetto superstar you 16 years old and a 25 year old man be like let me get away from you you that crazy boy that live on 124th man I ain't no boy call me that again imagine that mm-hmm. so here it is you're 16 years old you have all the girls your name is ringing bells it's akin to being the hottest rapper see they, 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 they I can't stand a lot of them because they act like they live our life when you borrow from my life I was cool with that you know, so it's akin though to being that. And then now imagine when the crack air comes and you're making fifty, sixty thousand dollars in less than a month. And you're like, wow, you can buy all the clothes you want. You can wake up when you want to wake up. So you become entrapped and you become mentally paralyzed. And then when you like the former me, a top shooter, where everywhere you go, you don't even have to go to entourage. The fear factor is there, but you're not a bully per se, and you're not a person that's he's scared of me with a phenomenal ego. But you understand what comes with it because you were shot in '86, you were shot in '87, you were shot in '88, and you were shot in '90. So you know what comes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, death is like your best friend. You know, oh well, he comes. He asked me today. I told him if I died today, I'd be mad for one reason, not the fear of death. I don't care about dying. <clears throat> but not being able to see my grandchildren prosper. Not being able to create generational wealth, which is a collegiate education, not monetary generational wealth. That's what I would be angry about. But death, I've been dealing with deaf men all my life, man. That shit don't scare me. Mm -hmm. It's one thing you're not gonna cheat life out of is a death sentence. I just would be upset if I died prematurely. I think personally, I'm not deeply theological, But I think I have a purpose. And I think this is my purpose. But you know, I've been through the ringer, man. Self-imposed. You become so enraptured in the gang life, man, that it's just like... It's it's, it's, it's euphoric. Mm -hmm. See, I don't smoke, drink, or get high. That's why they say I'm crazy. But it it becomes so euphoric. It becomes so euphoric when when, when when you have... The accolades in that barbaric world placed <clears throat> upon you from the negativity that you contribute to it. So that's yeah. how it happens, man. When you become that top shooter, man, it's like it's a whole nother level of the gangbanging, man.
0: Yeah. Do you ever worry about um you ever worry about <laughs> karma from things you did back then?
2: <clears throat> you know, man, and I said this. to to, to somebody real close to me. I paid the pipe. Do you remember that that, that show when we was kids, the Piper Hamlin, when he got rid of all the rats in the village and they didn't want to pay him and then he took all the kids? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. My daughter was killed. My son was killed. Mm. My daughter was killed when she was 12. My son was killed when he was 18. So I paid the pipe. Damn. At the expense of my children. So and and I don't say that with, with, with humor. I don't say that with happiness. <clears throat> I say it with sadness within. So I think uh, I balance the playing field on what I believe in theologically. Mm. And it's fucked up to say that. But I sincerely feel that in my heart on what I used to say is, you a gangbanger, I shot you in the face, you dead, so what? Fuck you. But I didn't realize, damn, what about his daughter? What about his sister? What about his mother? The ripple effect, the continuum of the lossage of him. Yeah. So when it hit home with my son, Darnell, it was like, damn, fuck. Because I was extremely tight with him. I love all my sons equally. But he was the one that picked up the banner in the gang world. He the one whose name was ringing. He's the one who I was trying to pull away from it. And the last time I seen him on a visit, this is my exact words to him, you gonna get flipped, mean killed. And he said, damn daddy, why you say that <clears throat> to me? I said, because I'm sitting up in this motherfucking, I'm hearing your name and you got grown men scared of you. Mm. And two weeks later, his brains got blowed out. You know, and, and I went to the email, cause we have emails in the feds, and I looked at the email, and I turned to my boy D Nice from Young Mafia Crips in Long Beach, and I said, "Damn man, my son did read the email. All it said was call home." And I knew Darnell was dead. You know, so that, that's that, he's a twin. You know, so so I, I just feel as far as karma, man, you have to if you're fortunate enough to be my age and fortunate enough to be alive, you got to equate all that negativity, man. That you did in your lifetime It's not to be square with something in the afterlife It's to be square with yourself First then community mm. And so that's, that's where I'm at man But I don't, I don't duck nothing You know I do get offended when certain individuals Whose names not worth saying on your podcast Disrespect Crips and Bloods Disrespect the West Coast But I know it's all an act It's all shenanigans And I understand this First I didn't I did not. It almost became a reactionary. But now I understand that we have old saying in California penal system, you know, you're a punk and a fraud and a part-time broad. Mm -hmm. And I can't hate the player, hate the game. If you can laugh all the way in the bank, what comes out of your mouth, it doesn't represent a whole geographical area. So we'll leave that at that because I think they know who I'm talking about. So delete it, rental space out of my mind on that clown.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Dewberry. Definitely. <laughs> West Down. Love you, Dewberry.
2: <laughs> Neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but that's that's where it stands with me, man. You know, shoot whatever you want to ask me, man. Anything you want to ask me, except for Statue of limitation stuff.
0: Yeah, Nah, no, I don't want to get nobody <laughs> implicated on nothing over here. Um Man, and I know you, you did what, eighteen years? In eighteen the straight.
2: From thirty, thirty, thirty from thirty eight to fifty seven. I'm fifty seven now.
0: Damn, what was that time like, man? What, what, what? Because they said the the prison system is supposed to be a um, rehabilitation center.
2: The only rehabilitation in prison is self rehabilitation. Right now, in the federal bureau is all unfortunate junkies on K <clears> two <throat> and spice. The vast majority of young brothers in there they smoke spice, smoke K two, they discombobulated, they don't know themselves. All right. Uh, we tried to push the line as far as, in a, from a gang's perspective, no drug usage like that. Well, Spice was like a Western stampede. It overran us. Mm. All right. It was an eye-opener to brothers from other geographic areas because I met brothers from a lot of good places. Fort Worth, Dallas, Houston, Odessa, so on and so on and so on. I was in Beaumont. That's where I paroled from. Oh, okay. Bloody Beaumont, okay. as they called it. Uh, I ran the crip car there, you know. I interacted with, quote, unquote, the guys that had juice with all the other cars. Uh, I learned, which I already knew because I used to go from state to state in another lifestyle, that no matter where you're from, you do the same thing. Everything's the same flavor, different twists. I hate to say it like this, but brothers of the criminal element do the same thing everywhere else. So they, you know, be the man who you are for you run across the man you thought you was, and he fuck up your whole damn world. And I know somebody out there who I think I am that'll fuck up my whole damn world. So I learned that mindset mm-hmm. in the feds. I ended up meeting a lot of good brothers. And it was... Basically, I started out of town in Indiana. Uh, USP, Tear Hut, when it was a regular place. I'm putting clarifications because now it's a pedophile place. I started in United States Prison, Tear Hut. I met all the GD heads from Crusher to D.D. Larry Hoover original co-defendant code to the Prince of the Stones to the L. Rookins to Vice Lords to Latin Kings so on and so on and so on it was only four Californians on the whole compound mm. and me being the asshole I was I put it down yeah I butchered people there as the saying goes and let them know yeah this is our Crips rocking baby even though we only six deep run up if you want to you know <clears throat> so it was experience and then I left Terrorhut after a few years, went to Victorville for eight years, left Victorville, went to uh, Alabama in the Butcher in Marcelli and uh for stealing. I left Alabama, went to Louisiana, Pollock. I left Pollock and went to Beaumont. And, <coughs> excuse me, that's when I got a different perspective on Texas Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> from there, I went to Leavenworth in Kansas City. And then I went back to Beaumont. Cause I didn't like work. Mm. Excuse me. <coughs> Amen. So, as far as the feds, it was an eye-opener. It was a universal. It was, to paraphrase the Brother Minister Malcolm X, a hidden university. Mm. I learned a lot. I received four collegiate degrees. I picked brothers' brains, like if you are unfortunately in the feds and what you do is a living. My last two years, I picked everybody's brain in social media social media marketing, economics, and so on. So the feds, for me, I turned a negative into a plus because I was tired of living the way I was living, plus the catalyst was my son being killed. Mm. But I was still a, <clears throat> a maniac.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Dwayne, man, I gotta ask you because this is something that will be on my mind, right? With his background, yeah. do you feel like that can affect you in any way? Nah. Why not?
1: Nah. Um you wanna know the real answer? Yes. Alright. Um, I'm a real spiritual dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm heavy in the spirituality and knowing myself and knowing energy and everything else. And <clears throat> at one point I was out here. I moved out here from Georgia because of the case that I told you I was working on. And um I uh, was out here working in Fort Worth and shit just wasn't clicking for me like I wanted it to, right? One of my former associates from the life did like 12 and a half in the feds. And as a favor for me not being involved in some of the people who ran their mouth and said things about him that got him indicted... He came home, and he was from a maid family, got right back to doing what he was doing. He told me, hey, bro, I love you so much, man. Whatever you want, you got it. And this is, you know, 10, 15 of them things. If I wanted it, you know, it wouldn't have been no problem for him. I told him, let me think about it, right, because I had already made a vow when um, I had my oldest child in 2007. I wasn't gonna touch nothing no more. Um, I started I went to the house and was calling homies like, hey bro, come get this, come get this. I was giving straps away, giving leaving leaving money in the street, everything. That that what you owe me, just bring me this back on it, that type of thing, and I was done with it. And um I told my guy, because I know what this dude about and I know if he say he gonna untie my hands, my hands gonna be untied. And um, you know how it is. Once you hear at one point you have to be humble, and you walk away from the life how it is, right? So I'm I'm on my dick, bro. I'm struggling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to get back to where I, you know, was halfway at, at one point. I heard his voice in my head. Mm-hmm. No cap. I'm not making this shit up. I told him about it years ago. He said, hey, man, just be patient. I told you. Got a major move for us when we get out, when I get home. And at that time we didn't even have his release date or nothing. the news like kicked him. me out? He had yeah.
0: Really?
2: Yeah. I started off with forty seven years. He had a years. L on him, bro. <clears throat>
1: Did I start off with forty seven years. Oh, it's forty, okay. Yeah, forty seven years. Yeah. So when 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 I pondered on that, uh show you I'm not making this shit up, I let it Overton Ridge Road. Fort Worth, Texas, <laughs> right up the street from the Hewland Mall at Watermark Apartments. Show you how shit work. That's where he live at now, mm. and he from Long Beach. Mm. How this shit connecting and coming together. I lived in apartment eight twenty. What is it, fifty three hundred one Overton Ridge Road? Yep. Yeah. Show you I ain't making this shit up, bro. That night at like two something in the morning, I was working on that book, Supreme Science. And I was thinking about what the homie called me with. And his fucking voice popped up in my head, like, Hey, Ruth, don't do that shit. Be patient. I got a move for us. When I get home, everything going to be good. And I said, fuck it. And I finished writing that book.
0: And how long ago was that? That but was y-
1: in 2016. <clears throat> yeah. You wanna show you how crazy shit is? I wrote that book. When I wrote it, when you write a book for people who don't know, you don't know how many pages it's gonna be based on the format. When I finished the book, it it ended up being four hundred and forty four pages. And like six months later Which that's one? when that one's this one here? science. Yeah. Mm. And then six months later Jay Z dropped the four 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 album.
0: Mmm. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, because
2: he and I used to engage in conversations and I wrote a piece because I write blogs, you know, and he, he was publishing my blogs while I was in the feds. And, you know, And I told him, man, you know, I was saying, and this is what I say to the kids now, is your end game a dead end game? Because if you really think about it, brother, like, okay, tap in. I'm quite sure, man. I don't know your background I don't want to know because that's not my business But I could tell that You know the note mm-hmm. And you grew up around the note mm-hmm. You just got smart Whatever you did So by you knowing the note Think about this man I just bought me an Acro Legend Or I just bought me an Audi I just <clears throat> bought me 15 pair of Jordans My apartment is pimped out for lack of better words My son has Jordans on it He's not even 3 months old my baby mama instead of child's mother, has everything she needs, product from head to toe. Now what? So is your end game a dead end game? Now what? So your end game is a dead end game because now you decide you wanna leave Texas and go to Arkansas and go on and take this trip. So your end game is a dead end game because instead of saying, hey, hey Ru, hey D, Throw me $3,000. i am going to throw $3,000. you are going to throw $3,000. we are going to set it in the bank for a year, man. We're going to borrow 4000 against it, and we're going to set it in the checkings, and we're going to let it automatically pay itself back, and after a year, we're going to go buy that corner building right there and make a black beauty supply or a baby boot store or hard-to-find toddler clothing. Instead, I'm going to be like, man, you full of shit, man. I'm not giving you $3,000. But I just screwed it off on blunts, liquor, and hotel fees this month. So... Is your end game a dead end game? My end game was a dead end game. I had multiple homes, multiple girlfriends, multiple children. And the reason I'm cool with all of my children's mothers is because not even incarceration stopped me from contributing. And I can sit all four of them right here and they're gonna say that was the greatest provider we ever had. He just was a dog individual because my children are a couple of months apart. But he took care of us, took care of our mama, and so on and so on. So that's why when I said to him, because the way I feel about him is the brother I never had. I mean, not brothers, but. So that's why I was like, come on, homie. Don't be me. All it takes is one dude to slip up. All it takes is some mystery, though. I learned the magic word in the feds. A lot of brothers need to understand this word. You smart dummies, because I was the smartest dummy. Conspiracy. I don't know how to spell it, but they know how to utilize it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to book you, Mm -hmm. wash you up, and have you with astronomical years sitting in the feds talking about my appeal. Because I talked about my appeal for 16 goddamn years. And the only thing to save my black ass was the Orange 45 who I despise signing the bill that Kushner pushed through. And it knocked my time down. Or I would have still been walking around. My release date is not even here yet in the feds if it wasn't for the law. <clears throat> Damn. I'd still be, and they had a joke the counselors. The only time you will see a load is when you get out of prison and drive by. You will never go to a load, Mr. Berkeley. So I would have still been sitting in Beaumont because of my actions of what I did in the feds. That was my punitive thing. They weren't letting me leave Beaumont. No, you're going to stay here, partner. Every time I tried to transfer, I would have still been sitting in Texas right now.
0: Damn.
2: And that's what I was saying to him. Don't be me, man. You have too much potential. But I'm going to get up out of this, baby, watch. Yeah. Because I didn't stay in front of the soap operas. I stayed in front of the law books.
0: So what? Well, let me ask you, what made you that mind switch <clears throat> that – um. To now, I wanna do positive stuff or I wanna be on a on on different path.
2: Okay, like I told you, my son Darnell was killed. It made me start re- re-examining my life. Mm-hmm. All right. And what made me be on a positive path is when I came home, I came home June 24th last year to the halfway house. By July 8th, I had my driver's license during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic. I had a job and I said to myself this is too easy how are they broke out here how are they living in tents is it a substance abuse problem is it mental impairment or is it plain and simple you just don't have the drive so I took the philosophy of I worked in prison for 40 cent an hour and I was a slave. So I'm out here, now and I'm making $15 an hour, then I start making $30 an hour. And I'm like, damn, I wish I would've knew this 30 years ago. Or would've stuck to my guns when I initially got out of prison. So my whole thing became, I could do anything I set my mind to. Even though I had on the back burner what he and I had formulated in the joint, I still had to eat, I still had to work, and I still had to get a job in the halfway house. And the hindrance to a lot of brothers, they don't let you have entrepreneurship while you're in the halfway house. Mm. So I had to put this on a back burner and slick and slide while I had the brace on. But what made me change was like, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I love this shit, this square shit. This shit is like sex, man, to me. It's like, damn, man. I live on the beach, bro. Mm. <laughs> He's been in my home. You look out all my windows, you see the beach. I have, I'm not wealthy, but I have an immaculate home and I'm OCD. And everything in it is brand spanking new. And I drive a modern car through hard work. And I respect the dollar now. I got mad I had to pay $1,100 for four new tires and some struts and a wheel alignment. But my priorities economically speaking are in order. Mm. so what made me really pursue how I'm living now because I had ample opportunity to do different things that are the right things you know is I love my freedom I love the feeling of I actually earned this it's new, I've embraced it I love the opportunities of entrepreneurship I love what brothers such as yourself are doing because you cover all spectrums of us as a people and you even though I'm just meeting you your platform turned me on mm. I don't want to emulate you I want to surpass you but I want to surpass you and emulating you which is contradictory In if some little kid could listen to me and I'm humbled that you allowed me to say this then maybe he's going to say I want to grow up and be like him without the negativity so that's what, <clears throat> it, what turns me on man you know I'm in a relationship, man with a beautiful queen, you know, pat love you in a way in a way, in a way but but at first she didn't understand my objectives, and now she shares my vision, so it's it's like man, I just feel like man it's its' it's, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world, man, to me to have some dude say damn, you did 18 years and you doing what you're doing. Because he's not saying it in a negative way. He said it in awe. So I know it has resonated in his mind The g just did 18 flat. Look what he's doing right now. And even though I'm a plain Jane man, I'm vain. Brand new hat. Brand new little cheap t-shirt. Compton made, which I am. Brand new Levi's. Brand new Stacy's. Look good, smell good, tip-top shape. Eight miles a day. How many burgers you want to do, let's do them. That's me, you know, I'm a workout fanatic. Yeah. So, so that's what turns me on, man. Dudes like you turn me on. Dudes like you <clears throat> induce me to change. You know, everybody I speak to who was formerly incarcerated with me and that are still incarcerated said, all you talked about for your last two years is what I'm doing now. With the forefront being generation now. So mm. that's what turned me on, man. That's what made me change, man. All that shit is a rerun to me that them fake ass rappers rap about. You ain't never ran up on nobody and knocked his whole brains out. You ain't never rolled up on a dude on a bicycle and jumped off and just aired everybody out. You ain't never jumped over a damn bank counter and said, where's the manager? You ain't never just got dropped off in the middle of Baton Rouge with two kilos of dope and don't know nobody went to the projects and pushed that shit with a long nose 38 that you had the WD-40 up. Fuck out (laughs) of here. Shit's a rerun to me. If I could do it all over again, I wouldn't do none of it. It's a senseless
1: legacy. And, and, and real real rap, right? Like, a lot of the youth need to understand, man. Like, I know for me personally, man, at the height of hustling and making the most money I've had in the streets, it was the most miserable time of my life, man. When when you hear there's some dudes trying to set you up and line you up to rob you, you can't go nowhere with your girl. Cause you know even though these dudes might be cowards to do something to you, if they see her by herself, all those type of things people who really in the streets have to think about, man. You know what I mean? Like, and what he's saying about the rappers, man. Like I know at least from Atlanta, I know some of the dudes that you know used to rap about the trap. <clears throat> They like that that goddamn toilet paper. on our eighty crows, bro. They soft as
2: hell. Only mm. trap they know about is a mouse know trap that they set in their grandma's house. They
1: ain't gonna bust a grape <laughs> in a food fight, man. You know, a, you know.
0: Here's what. I, um, maybe you guys could, I guess, <clears throat> shed some light on this, because since I was a youngster, I've always heard the streets only got two endings: dead or in jail. Right. I agree. And, and and I guess my question is, or maybe you guys can shed some light, light on this. If people know that, and people that's been in the streets before anybody, before us, right? And When we know the streets are only two endings, why do people still turn
2: to the streets? I have to go back to economics first and foremost. I used to tell dudes this in the feds. Everybody in here, if you're not a junkie, it's pussy related. Oh, uh, you can't say that. It is, excuse my vulgarness, but it's pussy related. You know why it's pussy related? You just jumped over the counter, you just went to that state and sold some dope so you could be fresh. Nothing against the, the, the all the letters, but if you ain't gay, you're trying to attract a woman. Mm. It's pussy related. Everything. So <clears throat> pussy is a controlling factor for straight men. <laughs> and I don't care what nobody says. Okay. All right. Now, that's that's the economics, vagina related. See, I learned now, a vagina don't mean nothing to me if it ain't attached to the right woman. All right. But in my youth, shit, you could look like Betty Bambooza if he told me it was good, I'm chasing you. <laughs> yeah. You know, So so the lure <clears throat> of ghetto stardom, look at Chicago, the infamy of them dudes who are out there gunning each other down like mad man It's the infamy of I got this many bodies. I got that many bodies. So you know it leads to death because your peers are dying. And it's like I tell the kids, man, and I can say the same thing to you, whether you were on the streets or not. You will never be with the set of guys that you grew up with that were 16 years old. You will never be together again because you know at a certain stage in your life Joe Smo, who you was with at 16, is dead now. Or the other one doesn't come around, or the other one has a life sentence. So it's like the the the, 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 the 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 moth That's attracted to the light mm, It's banging his head But I just gotta go man I, right. I gotta get in there man I gotta be a part of it man right. Because of the glorification Of not the rappers And not the social media But the glorification of what you see Physically right. So yeah. You understand <clears throat> JoJo just got 147 years, man, plus two life without the possibilities of parole. Damn, that's fucked up with JoJo. I ain't going to let that shit happen to me. Uh, Jobo over there just got killed, man. Shit. Dumb Negro there. He shouldn't have been over there. And you still get in it because the lure of what? Pussy and materialistic stuff. Right.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Damn. Damn, on top of that, man. Um. That's why I wrote these books, right? <coughs> because what I, when I made my spiritual transformation, I came to the realization that us as a people, we the only people that detach from our source, meaning that when you go to Asia, they got a God that look like them. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere you go in the world, they God look like them. But we actually... Accepted the image and likeness of a God that looked like the same people that oppressed us mm. now watch this God right mm-hmm. he's in heaven they gave you an image he's in heaven he's white right what's opposite of God the devil he's white he's in heaven you black you here what do you subconsciously accept for yourself if you accept that as God you automatically subconsciously accept yourself as the devil so what that does psychologically and spiritually is lessens your self worth mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. so now what ends up happening is so many of us I was indoctrinated in it too homie we have A self hatred. So now, it's so easy when we talk about gang gang banging and the gang violence and everything else. For a lot of them, it's easy to kill somebody look like them, and then when the white police officer come to arrest them, they might drop their gun and run. You Um, see what I'm saying? mm -hmm. So when we when we begin, you know, to peel back the layers spirituality and psychologically, what has been done to us and what we accepted for ourselves. it makes it easier to identify with what our real solutions can be if we just make a few adjustments in our mindset, you know
2: yeah, yeah. yeah that's true because you could be so deeply indoctrinated with my cripping man? I was so knee-deep in cripping that when I first went to prison, you could walk by me and say, What's up, young man? What's up, bruh? If you wasn't a crip, this is how I walk by me. And then when you step to me, somebody tell you, Nah, nah, stay <clears throat> away from little dudes out there, man. Because he said in my living room, someone told me uh, who was in prison with me, the older, and, and he told me, He said, I didn't get mad at you for putting in work. I got mad at you because every time something had to do, you want to volunteer and you would go and even if we told you not to go you would go Shout because out I was yeah, the OG bam front of because we were in a prison called Gladiator school uh-huh. and I was a gladiator and if we were sitting here and say this dude this dude I creep probably going to stab his ass up or when they say who going to get him I'll, pick me pick me pick me pick me yeah and then he say he going like Nah cuz you ain't going I'm going do it if you want to I'm a bust on cuz I'm a bust on you that was how fucked up I was, how detached I was from us as a people. And, 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 and see, I think I got a solution, <clears throat> I think. What
0: is I, it? Let me for, hear I For Chicago.
2: Hear. For Chicago. Okay. I think if you took 100 women whose sons are vice lords, and they acknowledged their sons are vice lords, and they put on a shirt that said, my son is a vice lord, and they went over to GD's territory with 100 GD's mothers and had a barbecue. I bet you no vice lords will go over there and shoot them GDs up that day. And then, if the next week the GDs' mamas put on the t shirts and said, My son is a GD, and they went over to vice lord territory with 100 vice lord mothers and had a barbecue, I bet you no GDs will go over there and shoot up them vice lords. Because if you're going over there, hey, hey, Pookie, what you talking about? My mom over there. You better not go over there and bust. Right. If the mothers mm-hmm. would do that in Illinois for right. a month strong, them clowns would forget about shooting each other up. They might start shooting each other up, vice lords shoot vice lords up, because you want to go over there and bust on them GDs while my mom over there. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a solution that'll help decrease the violence in
1: Illinois. Shout out to Wallace Gator Bradley. Mm.
2: That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Because I know if my mama was over in the Nixon Garden Bounty Hunters when I was a kid, that was my adversary. Shout out to Izzy, my main man from the Nixons. Blow you the life, young man. You know, I don't have no beef with them no more, you know. But... If my mama was over there and in my heyday, you talking about going to shoot up the bounty hunters, I'm going to shoot your ass. My mama over there. I think that's a solution nearly every adversarial gang neighborhood. If the mothers got together and did an annual barbecue with each other, bet you won't be no
1: killers by the faction on that day. Stop the healing. Mm. The women got to be involved.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. Let me ask y'all this, because I heard this, um, I forget where I was watching it, but I heard um, they were saying, or I forgot I forgot who was saying it, but I heard somebody say, if they would implement another, like a 94 crime bill in today's time for those killings in, um, in Chicago and different places, that some of this shooting and, and killing would, would go away.
2: Let me, let me ask you this, man. I told you about my past, right? Yeah. They came out with California Three Strikes, all right? I have two strikes. Mm-hmm. You can ask anybody in the city of Compton who knows me. When they came out with California Three Strikes, man, I put a clip here, I put a clip here, and homie's like, why are you on my belt? Clips that went on my belt, so it was no taking the clips off. I said, shit, it's three strikes. I ain't going out like that it did not deter me mm. all right. so what does a crime bill do when you in the street life your mindset is it can't happen to me I didn't think a dude was going to shoot me in my stomach three times before I could pull out my firearm and shoot him back I didn't think I was going to walk out my front door and get shot I didn't think the next year I was going to walk out in front of the pad and i look at all these guns and i come outside and i still get shot <clears throat> I didn't think that you know, so your mind frame is it can't happen to me or I don't care. I started rolling around with, all they did was make me ride around with a mag 90 in my backseat. Right. Mm. And my homie's like, man, you crazy. I'm like, no, they can get it too. But I'm not gonna go 25 to life. So if you bring back these draconian sentence structures, it's just gonna fill up the jail houses because you're gonna have an overzealous 28 year old district attorney. Who would you have a Wobbler case? Nah, book them. The new law came in, the new crime bill. This is why you have so many GDs locked up out of of Illinois and Vice Lords and Stones for three grams of crack cocaine because we're an organization, we're not a gang. So they hit them with the RICO and the CCE because we're an organization. I'm a gang member. I ain't in the organization. Mm. So when you bring back these draconian laws... All it's going to do is take more fathers out of the community. See, I, I'm, I, I, this may sound crazy coming from a former career criminal. I think if you break the law, it'll be anarchy if you don't have some type of reaction to it. So if you got three grams of cocaine, send your ass to jail for three years. Give you a trade. Send you to college. Because the recidivism rate for collegially educated men that are incarcerated is nearly none. But don't right. give you 30 years For three grams of cocaine Then when you come home You're the grandpa bandit robbing banks Because that's all you know how to do now Mm-hmm. Well, right. yeah give you three years Give you three years for that dope Damn how you gonna say that man Because then maybe it'll be a deterrent Maybe if you get a brother an <laughs> opportunity To learn HVAC Or economics Or computer programming Or something of that nature, then he won't come home seeking 30 ounces of crack or 30 ounces of dope. He'll come home seeking 30 to 60 hours a week and respecting that paycheck. Mm -hmm. But when you give him 30 years, I've seen so many young brothers in the field. I'm a child, you got man? I got 57 years. What you got 57 years for? Well, man, you know, we went over to Missouri, or we went over to East St. Louis, or we went over to here and we had these guns and we had this cocaine. And so, no. Crime bills, crime laws—it's not a deterrent. I'm a walking testimony. It's not a deterrent, okay?
1: At all, okay? Not if you're a criminal. Yeah. And to be honest, right? They already got those laws. They don't care about the murders. They want the bodies, cause what they want—they want us in prison or they want us to kill each other, right? So now think about it. What he just said with the Rico or the CCE—they put gang banging in all the music think about it the last 10-15 years where all, the, where all the music been coming from LA and Chicago again right LA died off in hip hop until the game came out right mm-hmm. now you got this many rappers from LA that popped off right Chicago didn't even have a huge presence in hip hop until she Keith right now you got all these rappers from Chicago that just you can't even name them right Two gang capitals, right? Now, Pete, in every state now, they either have gang in sentences, a gang database like he talked about, right? Or they hitting people to have any type of gang affiliation with those RICO indictments and those CCEs, right? Yeah. So now look at all the rappers, it's about five rappers right now that's facing Rico charges.
0: Yeah, I seen that. Right? Yeah.
1: Think about that. So what we have to realize is that all of these things were systematic. The the uh when crack hit the hood, that was systematic. George Bush Senior was the head of the CIA. And he got the nickname Poppy Bush because in the 70s, when all the heroin was coming in, he was responsible for setting up the infrastructure worldwide, Mm. right? I'm going to show you how it worked. I'm going to break it all down. Then it went from heroin in the 60s and 70s to the era that they was doing it. In the 80s, it became cocaine. That's when you start hearing about the stories like Grisel DeBlanco. Pablo Escobar and all that type of stuff. Baron Seal, the man who was bringing $100 million worth of uh, cocaine into Mena, Arkansas. Right? He was actually an airline pilot that was trafficking dope for the CIA from the uh, cartels in South America. Mm -hmm. Right? And Mena, Arkansas was a CIA base that was connected to the Nicaraguan Uh, sandinista rebels the iran contras and what happened with freeway ricky ross when he got caught up in all of that stuff that ended up coming out right Mm -hmm. so that was what took place in the 80s and the 90s right 9-11 happened we invaded the united states invaded afghanistan right and now in 2021 we got an opioid crisis in america well, guess where all the opium is? Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Ninety mm. percent of the world's opium population comes oh, from man. Afghanistan. But look who's getting locked up. Right. So peep it. They can create the or they can reverse the sentences and change the laws to let all of the OGs come home now. Because now we gotta clear out their generation because now we finna bring this whole new generation in. Right, and now we got fentanyl on the streets. We got all of these different ways to criminalize a whole another generation. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a repetitive cycle, and until we actually educate ourselves on the agenda of the people who seek to destroy us, we never gonna get ahead of this.
2: Yeah, man. Also, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to ask you, what do you think interstate interstate commerce is?
0: Interstate commerce. Okay,
2: Okay, I'm going to tell you what it is, federal. Okay. We live in the great state of Texas, you and I. Uzi came from Israel. Me and you ain't never left whatever the local projects are out here. The nine millimeter shells came from Springfield, Missouri. We just affected interstate commerce, so now it's a federal case and now we're getting federal sentence. Or you and I just ran up in this gas station up the street The baloney came from Arkansas. The receipt paper that the receipt's written on came from Minnesota. We just affected interstate commerce. So now we go to the feds. What? You didn't make the Uzi. You <laughs> didn't make the 9mm, I mean the 9mm <clears throat> shell in, in, in Missouri. Mm-hmm. You didn't make the receipt that the paper came from Minnesota. You didn't get the baloney from Arkansas, but we just affected interstate commerce. I have a partner named Cuddy that has 8,400 months, which is 720 years in the feds, I believe, for robbing mom and pop stores. But because the baloney came from here, because the sodas came from here, because this came from here and that came from there, he affected what's called interstate commerce. So that's what the fed do to brothers off the projects and brothers from the inner cities when they want to. They hit you with the interstate commerce. And all you did was rob the local gas station. <clears throat> Why not get that dude, this little 10-piece or 7-piece, make his butt get a trade, give him a strong word, eggnick, and then he can come home because he hasn't stealed him while i been working for the last 7 or 10 years. Mm. But instead, we're going to send you to the feds with a good 20 ball, which is called the 1951 Hobbs Act, which is 0 to 20 years, not including the 7 years for the firearm you used, which is a consecutive sentence. And you're 20 years old. So that means you get out when you're 45 and you languished in prisons that don't constant lockdown. So that's interstate commerce for you. anybody out here listening. That's a lesson that what they're going to do to you or even right. if you're carrying that pistol, they can get funky and give you a year for each bullet that's in the firearm. Right. That's the feds. Right.
1: What Man. happened to people who get caught with silences?
2: Oh, <laughs> snitch eye. <I'm>, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to say that, brother. Uh, that's a minimum of... 10 to 20 For silence You know So So you know I'm, I'm not I'm not advocating Like I said That you know You shouldn't You shouldn't be uh, You shouldn't be held responsible For what you do in the streets I'm just saying That Why is it that This European Will get five years But this GD will get 55 years mm, yeah. yeah That's yeah. all I'm, I'm saying You know Keep the playing field Even man mm-hmm. You know and like I said, I used to say this in the feds. I'm the only broke millionaire in the feds because everybody was a millionaire when I was in the feds. <laughs> and I'm the only guilty person because I'm guilty of what I was in there for. All right. So, but goddamn, you clunked me in my head to where I'm coming out a senior citizen. But if I wouldn't have had a record, my maximum sentence was 10 years. But I already had time for what you hit me in the head Yeah, for. that's
0: the day. That's so, how they
2: get you. So, 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 so that's what the United States of America. Serves a purpose for me to be able to, like, look, man. I'm not telling you tap out to a cool deal and get back and engage in criminal activity. I'm telling you, just weigh the scale, man. Yeah. Don't be me, man. I banged all my life, man. I've done, I've done everything in the gang world you can imagine, except for. I've never harmed a child. I've never raped a woman, and I've never done property crimes. I robbed banks, jury stores, casinos, check, cash, and spots. you damn right. Credit unions, I jumped over them counters like 90 going north. I did do that. <laughs> yeah. I stayed out with drugs. So that's still hurt our community. But I never, like I said, harmed a woman, harmed a child, things of that nature. You know, I guess I was a gangster with scruples and morals. I don't know. You know, I just wouldn't do that. Yeah. But still, it still defeats the purpose of us as black men, man. Like I said, I can't say it enough, man. And this is not kissing your rear end, man kudos to you man accolades to you man because you bring, you bring people's stories to our people and if they share it with 10 people that's 10 more people that's 10 more people and so on and so on man and and, <clears throat> and you're not judgmental from what you've asked me thus far you fair that's why you can ask me anything you want to ask me shoot
0: yeah
1: check uh-huh. this out bro go ahead what if all the little homies was listening to OG Bridey Instead of NBA YoungBoy, no disrespect to NBA YoungBoy, but what if the little homies in the next generation was actually listening to this kind of wisdom, right? Versus what they listening to every day, mm-hmm. it's gonna make a hell of a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> man. So where can it, where can people pick up your books, man? You got the the Supreme Science yeah they you got, got the Amazon, red pill um, Red pill alchemy, alchemy. Yes. And Ariel's crown
1: Right and I got another one on the way Called Joel's Journey um, That's my son's name oh, Okay, and, um, It's about a kid who actually uh, Goes to a museum And um, Sees a King Tut ex- exhibit And um, Has a past life experience And realizes that he's King Tut uh, Reincarnated So mm. you know A lot of uh Empowerment for our people, history, ancestral knowledge. Um, okay, but I'll make sure I get you the links. You know, so you can. Is it, uh, it is
0: it on your website or on Amazon? Amazon. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. So under my name, Dwayne Hendricks. Okay. Yeah. That's
0: what's up, man. That's what's up. Leave your um your social medias, man, uh, where people can get a hold of y'all, and they can either tap in with the United <clears throat> Streets of America. Um right. leave leave all your information.
1: Uh we at United Streets of America 99 on YouTube, um Instagram, and then United Streets of America on Facebook. That's what's up, man. Yeah.
0: More power to you brothers, man. Yep. More power. We need we need more more people. I I say this all the time or well, not all the time. Let me not, let me not, I will not take credit, but the person who you was referencing earlier, he said something that that really was like okay that makes sense the people who were closest to the problem are the people who is closer to the solution That's right. That's so right. I, I, I agree with that 100% yes. and so I appreciate y'all brothers man for tapping in with us man I Appreciate 100 you. for sure and I'm going to
2: advocate you on the west coast brother because yes sir you know, you know, I respect you man I'm honored that it's brothers in your age bracket because I'm 57 that are doing what you're doing man and, and you
0: going to be the talk of my mouth for a month bro. I appreciate it man I appreciate it I got the shout outs, bro. shout-outs, Yeah go ahead man Get your shout outs man
1: Free shape, Free OG KK Free Iz Free Wayne Williams Free Mumia Free Matulu, Free Jamil Alameen Free Malik And
2: it's like that I if you want to say Melly Mel <coughs> Love you bro. <laughs> yeah Co-founder of USA Yeah The hood post salute You know the hood Postman. You know and the, the OG Bam My G homie I ain't forgot you. I love you.
0: Okay, yeah. Yo, man, thank y'all for tapping in with us. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Don't forget, man, the getting is in the giving, man. The getting is in the giving. This is the Tap In Podcast. Holla.